Good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. It's Steph, 8.26 on June, I think it's eh, the 23rd-ish. It's Friday, I'll tell you that much. Friday the 23rd. So, I hope you're doing well. Uh, thank you so much to the new um, board member who suggested that the theory of DROs might need just a little fleshing out. Unthinkable, I know, but uh, it does seem to be the case. And thank you so much for that suggestion. This is what, to me, is so valuable about the board, that it is, um, uh, it's a place where I get a lot of feedback on the show, and it has uh, you know, an enormous amount to do with the quality of the show. So, for instance, over the last month, I guess uh, up to about two days ago, I did do a check on how many MP3 file requests we'd had on the Free Domain Radio server. So we had uh, almost... Uh, 56,000 uh, file requests. And at 50 cents a podcast, let's see, that's, uh, well, that's, some, uh, that's uh, some good change, so I can't wait for that. No, I know that that's all voluntary, and I'll get to that <laughs> a little later. But the, um, uh, the, the show is, um, well, I guess you could say it's taking off. I certainly, uh, I mean, I launched the website in, uh, on February the 19th, I was doing podcasts earlier than that, but without a website, it was a little hard to get people uh, interested because, and also there were no reviews, and uh, and so, and I also didn't uh, invite people in the way that I do now to come and listen to the podcast. So I would say that I sort of got going really on it in March, and uh, so it's three months later or so, three or four months later, and the board member is 145 people on the board. We have thousands and thousands of posts, all of which I think are. Well, pretty high-quality stuff. I don't think we've had any... We've had a few emotionally volatile people, but they don't tend to stick around for too long. But for the most part, it's a very funny... I mean, I think that's the part I like most about the board, is that uh, we have we have some real wits <laughs> on the board. And uh, I try not to read it uh, during meetings where I think that there's going to be something funny in it, because if I snort, snort out loud, then people might assume that I'm not doing uh, my email. Um, of course, I don't do this at all at work. Hi, boss. Anyway, so uh, um, so I would say that uh, it's uh, been uh, a real success and uh, everything that I hoped for. And in a couple of months, I would say that it's um, done well. Thank you, of course, so much for listening. Uh, thank you particularly to the people on the board, and you know who you are, who uh, provide an enormous amount of positive interaction um, with, with board members who answer questions, uh, who uh, regularly puncture any vanities that I have and who uh, <laughs> work very hard to uh, really add to the quality. And the great thing, of course, about the board is that we're all chasing the new topics, surfing on the new topics, but for people who log in who have particular interests, there is going to be quite a, uh, uh, quite a, a wealth of material to be mined. And thank you so much uh, for adding to that. I know that it's um, a selfish pleasure on your part, but I thank you for taking the risk of getting involved, because as far as I've heard, uh, board culture can be a little bit less of the refined intellectual type and a little bit more of the uh, bacterial attacking each other type. And so I really appreciate people who've uh, who've signed up. Who uh, we get a rather large number of guests, which I think is great. I think that a good number of them are women, and we're hoping to lure more of them out of the woodwork. But uh, um, uh, thank you so much for getting involved. I really appreciate it. And I think that uh, uh, it's doing good things as we can 
to add our uh, little bit to this corner of freedom in the world, and we never know where it's going to end up. And all we can do is control our actions, not the future. And so thank you so much. I, uh, I appreciate all of that. The quality of the show is directly related to the quality of the feedback. Now, we're coming up for show 300, and I've had uh, some suggestions on which show to do, uh, what to do in show 300. And uh, <laughs> to me, it's funny to think that if I'd been doing one of these a week, we'd now be six years. <laughs> Is it right? One a week? 350? Yeah. We'd now be six years, almost six years into Free Domain Radio instead of a couple of months. <laughs> it's like time travel, isn't it? Um, but uh, actually, it's the difference between, uh, between a stenographer uh, writing something down in shorthand and a high-speed fax coming through in three dimensions. That's what I like to think. And I think we're, we're there, if, uh, cl- if not close to there. So um, uh, thanks again to everyone who's listening. Now, I wanted to talk about a theory of change that I've been uh, puttering around with for the last little while. And I'm going to sort of lay out a scenario. So I know two guys, actually, and they're both attractive guys, and they're in their 20s. And they like women, and they don't have the highest standards in the world, I would say, other than they maybe have watched a few too many beer commercials, so they're looking for, uh, I guess, uh, Jane Bimbo, airhead, blonde, uh, enhanced, uh, liposuctioned uh, beauty queen, which uh, doesn't look too beautiful once you get to know the women, as far as I've experienced. But aside from having the normal, shallow, judge-by-looks kind of thing, they you know get along with women and and uh, seem to be relatively friendly but they just can't get any kind of relationship going and one of these guys i commuted together with for quite some time and we'd have chats about this kind of thing and i would talk about a variety of options of ways that he could go about uh doing this uh he needed to um uh, clean things up with his own sister his own sister had been a real bully to him when they were growing up, his older sister. Not something you hear about a huge amount. Uh, it's always the, uh, you know, it's often the boys who are considered to be the bad ones, but uh, the, um, his, his own sister, he needed to, uh, to clean that kind of stuff up. And so I suggested, you know, write, write, a, write stuff down, uh, you know, figure out how you feel, allow yourself to be vulnerable. And his mother died when he was uh, in his uh, mid-teens. And so I said, of course, so you have, to some degree... I mean, I wasn't trying to do amateur psychology, but it seemed fairly obvious to me that he would have two templates of aggression and abandonment or pain. So although his uh, sexual nature would lead him towards uh, women, his uh, inner assumptions based on, like, unjust and unprocessed assumptions, right? This is what's so dangerous about not having processed assumptions or not having processed experience in your life. Because when you haven't processed your experiences and gotten upset or angry or felt vulnerable in the face of the actual people who did stuff to you or didn't do stuff to you for you, well, the reason that you need to do that is that if you don't, then it unjustly spills over to everyone else in your life. So because he uh, he never processed his sister's bullying, which was fairly intense, you know, it'd sit on him and choke him and stuff like that, like scary stuff. Not just like uh, nan nan boo boo stuff, although that stuff can be pretty painful too. But uh, his sister was quite the bully, and uh, much bigger than he was. And uh, so, if he didn't fi- figure out his feelings and confront her on it, 
then he was going to be afraid of being dominated by women. I mean, it's just what happens, right? Your unconscious is not irrational whatsoever. Your unconscious definitely, definitely wants to deal with the emotional, emotional experiences that it's had, right? So if your sister bullies you, your unconscious is angry at your sister. And it's not only angry at your sister, but it's angry at your, your parents, and it's angry at your community, and it's it's angry because you know this is what this this was allowed to happen. Right? This is a pretty significant clue about your community. So if you are heavily bullied by a sibling or by anyone for that matter, and this is allowed to continue for many many years, then there's a lot that that indicates about your community that's not very positive, right? So not only is your community allowing this to happen, but your community and your parents in particular did something to create a bully in your sister. So your sister as a child is carrying someone's unacknowledged anger, someone's unjust anger. She's taking it out on you. The community's doing nothing. And now, of course, given that it's all years in the past, now the issue that's going to occur is that if you bring it up, you're going to get slammed by your community, right? So there's, from this very sort of basic fact of being bullied by someone in the community as a child and as a helpless, dependent, smaller child, as, as, as that happening, not only does that mean that your community didn't protect you, which is sort of the job, right? I mean, the, the job of the community is to protect the children, right? I mean, so if they don't protect the children, then what are they doing? Well, they're just abusing power, right? I mean, it's, it's what they're doing, right? So not only did the community not protect this gentleman, and uh, not only did the community create a bully and then subject the child to it without protection. But also, if he were to bring this information up now and say, you know, what really hurt me or really frustrates me or I think has given me some trouble with women is this whole thing. If he were to bring it up with his uh, sister, then she he would be scorned and re-ridiculed. And I mean, I'm not guaranteeing it, but I, I bet you that if he brought it up in any kind of real way rather than she's... A, he says, this really bugged me, and she goes, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, that was a tough time for me too, and I was not doing well with it. And then that would be it, right? That's as far as you can go. Because if you start to deal with, you know, well, I think it's really had a bad effect on me, and I still feel a lot of anger, because this went on for years and years, and I can't just sort of let it go. I think we need to talk about it, not from a me putting you in, in the blame kind of thing, but I need to figure out what was going on in your head and what was causing you to do this, right? I need to understand what, what were you telling yourself that made it okay to sit on your vulnerable little brother and to choke his neck. And other, remember, she was a punchy kind of kid. She was a pushy kind of kid. Although she wasn't sadistic, I don't think. I don't think she, like, would hide something that he really treasured and then pretend to help him look and say, here it isn't, you know, in the sort of my brother kind of format. But if he were to try and have any kind of real conversation with his sister, then... He would be re-ridiculed, right? Oh, just let it go. Oh, aren't you over that? Oh, stop having, stop hanging on to it. Oh, stop being so petty about it. Oh, it's years in the past. You know, basically whatever she could do to make him feel dysfunctional and pathetic for being hurt by years of torture, she would do. And then he would, it would reawaken his feelings, right? This is why I say to people, if you can't figure out how you feel about your parents, talk to your parents about things that trouble you or talk to them and say, I'm having trouble with our relationship, but I'm not exactly sure why, and have the courage to put yourself in a vulnerable position in front of your parents again and see what happens. I mean, the, there's, no, there's no real difficulty in recreating the lab of your childhood at all. 
because your parents are going to be wiser and better and kinder, quote, kinder. I mean, maybe they have really figured things out, but of course, if they have... See, if your parents have really figured things out about things that, that happened that were bad when you were younger, then they, will have, they would have come to you, right? If you have to go to them, then it's a problem, right? <laughs> right, so if I punch you, and then you have to come to me uh, and say, it's really upsetting that you punched me, and I'm like, really? Well, obviously, I'm a bit odd, right? I'm not saying, this is not in terms of punching. It could be anything with parents, right? Uh, but if you, uh, if you have to go to them, right, then already they're behind the eight ball as far as apologies and understanding and, and mutual exploration goes, right? I'm not sitting there saying that you have to grind your parents into an apologetic dust because that can often be a form of counter-domination that actually swells the false self and is at the expense of the true self. The real question is always, what were you thinking and how did this come about? Right? Trust is not restored by apologies, even heartfelt apologies. Now, trust is restored by genuine understanding. Trust is restored by genuine understanding. And genuine understanding comes out of weeks or months of mutual exploration. So, uh, Dad, uh, when you uh, would yell at me when I didn't do what you wanted, what were you feeling and what were you thinking and what was occurring for you? Like, what happened to you? Because... I bet you if somebody had come into the room and said, or, you know, come into the room when you were calm and said, should you yell at your kids when they do something you don't like? I think you would have probably said no. Or, you know, in, in some way that it's framed, you as a father would have said, or if, if you were asked before you were born, if your kids don't do what you want, should you just yell at them? Or should you, you know, sit down with them and figure it out and reason with them and so on? Well, you probably would have said that at least you would start off by reasoning with them. Right? So if your kid does something, something you don't want them to do, the first thing you should do is ask them why they did it and try and figure out what's going on for them that made them uh, want to do that. So he would probably say, yeah, you can ask a couple of questions, but then if they don't, right, then you, right, well, okay. So then you'd say, well, then you should ask a couple of questions with the kid knowing that if he doesn't give the answers you want, that you, you yell at and so on. But there would be a whole process where there would be some value in your father. I mean, unless your father's a complete sociopath, which I don't think he is. But, I mean, could be, but unless your father's a complete sociopath, there's going to be some part of your father that's going to say, yes, my values as a parent, you know, you say to your parents, is it important to respect your children? Well, of course they're going to say yes. Is it important to treat your children well? Yes, of course it is. Is it important to discipline your children? If you can discipline your children without fighting, frightening them and terrifying them and, for, and uh, forcing them to comply, then should you do that, right? Is it better to reason with your children and get them to understand the right thing to do through conversation, or is it better than, uh, to bully them into uh, you know, what, what you think is best for them without... You know, everybody, you, you ask anybody who is going to... Uh, who is going to have been a parent or be a parent or anyone who's even contemplated the issue they're all going to say yes you should treat your children with respect yes you shouldn't scream at your children yes you shouldn't hit your children but that's not what parents do right so I mean and this is sort of important there was a guy in the Dr. Phil show uh, the other day he's um, his wife was a real bully terrorizing the whole family and he I mean he got married to her very uh, young and so he's playing spending all his time playing video games and not helping around the house. That's his passive aggression. And uh, she said that, you know, uh, I, want my I want my last nine years back. Uh, if I could start my life again, you wouldn't be a part of it. I mean, just horrible stuff. And so, the, I mean, the relationship was a real spiral, and the kids were, of course, paying the price because these brain surgeons had two children, although they knew within a month or two of being married that it was a mess. So 
these two people um, were uh, totally at each other's throat, and the kids were paying paying the price, and he was totally whipped. I mean, he had his issues. He took it out on the children, but he was totally whipped. And so Dr. Phil was, well, what do you think the role of a man is in the family? And this guy gave this beautiful speech, beautiful speech, about what a man should do, should protect his family, should should uh, provide for his family, should uh, support his wife, I mean, everything. And you ask any parent, you ask anybody who's not a total... So- and even sociopaths will know what to say, right? You ask anybody, and they're going to have these uh, these values, right? So if I said to this guy, do you think it's important to be honest with people? He'd say, yeah. Yeah, I think I think honesty is a, is a good thing. He's not going to say, yes, I think the highest value is to lie to everyone, right? I mean, he's not going to say that. And but then of course when I say to him, well, you're feeling uh, upset, and you you know you, you obviously have some issues with your sister, so it would seem to me that when you go over to your sister's and you talk about the weather and you talk about what's going on at work, that you're kind of lying to your sister, right? Because what's really going on for you, not sort of in a raging conscious way, but what is definitely going on for you that's important with your sister is that you had a relationship with her that was really painful to you, and you don't understand why she was such a bully. And so, because you don't understand that, part of what you're doing is blaming yourself or trying to be this, like, uh, this tough little guy, you know, who's like, yeah, well, it was just kind of roughhousing, and it just, you know, sometimes it got out of hand, but that's what kids do, uh, right? Rather than, uh, it's not good to be, to be choked, right? It's not, it's not roughhousing to be choked. In fact, roughhousing is almost always uh, a kind of, uh, kind of bullying, right? I mean, so, this guy is uh, just not able to live his values, as, as we all, to one degree or another, are just not able to live our values. And, of course, this is one of the, I mean, if not the most, one of the most fundamental questions of philosophy, which is, well, everybody knows what the right thing to do is. Everybody knows what the right thing to do is, but they don't do it. They just don't do it. It's the great mystery of of weight loss, right? If you're overweight, well, and, and you want to be not overweight, I mean, let's assume you're not a happy, jolly, chunky fellow. If you are somebody who wants to lose weight, well, you know exactly what to do to lose weight. I mean, there's no great mystery. You're not like, uh, uh, maybe what I need to do is to grind oranges into my forehead, and that will help me lose weight. Or you know, maybe what I need to do is eat more nacho chips and and, and uh, quaff guacamole, and that will help me lose weight. Or maybe I need to meditate. Or, you know, you're not at a loss, right? Eat less, exercise more. I mean, that's... Or eat differently, exercise more, I guess you could say. I mean, it's not, it's not brain surgery as far as losing weight goes, right? Same thing with smoking, right? Everybody knows that it's risky. Uh, just about everyone. I've certainly had a couple of emails saying it's not risky. But uh, uh, I'll, let's just go with the general wisdom at the moment that, that it is. And if you really want to quit smoking, right, nothing wrong with smoking. I mean, enjoy it. Just don't send me the bill if you get sick. But so this issue uh, that I was talking about, this gentleman in the car, is he had these values, you know, that it's important to be honest with people and you got to be blunt with people. He was known as a blunt guy, right? So if he didn't like something about something I was doing, he'd just sort of bluntly tell me. Or if he didn't like a user interface or a report wizard that I'd written, He'd say, well, that, that, uh, that's bad, that sucks, right? So he was very blunt, right? And that's, well, that's fine, right? But, but you always want to make sure that people are not just blunt to, to people that they're not scared of, right? Because that's, that's really shitty. That's really shitty. Uh, it's a really terrible way to treat people. To, to give yourself this I'm blunt medal and then not be blunt to people that you're frightened of, uh, it's actually... 
It's another five-letter word beginning with B, but it's not exactly blunt. Anyway, so he had all these values, and he was a tough guy in that way, that he was blunt and forthright and forward and so on. And he had all these problems with his uh, sister, and through that, of course, he had all these problems with his uh, father. Of course, he probably had problems with his mother, too, but he also had this primitive don't speak ill of the dead thing, you know, which is basically comes out of the superstition involved or floating around ghosts, right? The reason you don't speak ill of the dead is because of you're frightened of ghosts, right? So it's not exactly like don't speak ill of... I've never had anyone say don't speak ill of leprechauns, right, who have more tangible capacity to hurt you than the dead, right? So, but... but <laughs> don't piss off the fairies. <laughs> so he, he had all these values that he wanted to live, and he took all of these tough, tough guy medals and blunt guy medals, and he had spectacularly unsuccessful in his dating life because he wanted a relationship but he just couldn't uh, couldn't attract a woman right of course the reason he couldn't attract a woman is because he had all this unprocessed stuff about his mom and and about his uh, father and so consequently about families as a whole and so it was all about the sex drive and no woman is going to be flattered by hey uh, i think you're hot i mean yeah there'll be some false self women who will get this momentary thrill but no woman is going to fundamentally be flattered by, I want to have sex with you because I have hormones. It's like, oh, so I'm a warm watermelon and you've got an apple cora and you're going to go to town. Fantastic. I couldn't feel more treasured as an individual. <laughs> so, And so women didn't respond to that. And, of course, he was very much conflicted with his own uh, soul. And so that was also something that women didn't want to get involved in. And so, I mean, he had this relationship when he was younger, broke up. The woman left him. And then he met her about three years later, and you could see that his you know, hands were shaking, and you know he was very, yeah. It's like, dude, this might be an indication that you have some unprocessed feelings. He's like, no, 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 I, I feel fine. It was just a shock, right? So he just, he just wouldn't, uh, wouldn't do what he needed to do. He wouldn't do the simple actions, right? He wouldn't do the simple actions. We're not asking people to learn ancient, ancient Greek in order to be uh, integrated, right? In order to ha- to be happy, right? Well, I wanted this guy to be happy. I wasn't sort of saying go and uh, torture your sister because you uh, you owe her some back, right? I mean, he wa- he said, this is what I want. And, of course, Christina faces this all the time as well in her practice. Well, this is what I want. I want X. Well, here's what you got to do to get X. Oh, I, I, I'm not doing that. But I really want X. I mean, this is, I, want to, I, want a, I want a degree in psychology. Well, uh, you got to apply. you got to do this. you got to do that. And then you'll get your degree in psychology. Well, I don't want to do any of that. That's all bullshit. <laughs> but I really want this degree in psychology. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so, and we're not even asking anything that complicated. I mean, from a procedural standpoint, people who are like, I'm, let's just forget the we, I'm not asking for anything that complicated. I'm asking you to have a couple of conversations. I'm not asking you to get a degree in psychology because people say, you oh, know, I want to be happy. Well, if you want to be happy, then you need to be honest. You need to tell people how you feel and you need to listen to their reactions. I mean, someone's got to initiate change in a relationship, and either you're going to make your relationship with your family of origin, or whoever it is in your life that you're discontented with your relationship with, either you're going to make that relationship better, or it's not going to get better. I mean, yes, of course, it's possible that someone else could, like the other person might wake up one day, but you're the one who's thinking about this stuff, and I wouldn't hold my breath. Especially if you've been the wronged party. If you've been the wronged party, the odds of the other person coming and saying, hey, you know, I really feel bad about how I treated you, 
Not going to happen, I'm afraid. Not going to happen at all. So what, what I'm asking in terms of uh, change, which very few people are ever able to deal with, is quite simple. Be honest. Tell the truth. If you say, oh, I'm really close to my sister and we have a great family relationship, great, then you should be able to talk about things that happened that were problematic to you. Well, it's not a great relationship if all you can do is go and talk about her kids and your job. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's bullshit. I mean, you might as well be uh, IMing strangers, right? So what's new? Well, I had fun this and that. My kids did the other. And I mean, it's just that's not news. I mean, that's not uh, interaction. That's reporting. So this guy desperately wanted better relationships. Obviously, he had some issues. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to pick at him. He wasn't like having a great relationship. I'm saying, really? Are you really having a great relationship? Are you positive? Like, I'm not doing that sort of nitpicky stuff. He's saying he wants a relationship. And for five years, he's unable to have one. And uh, knowing enough about his history, it's not that hard to piece together that what he needs to do is to resolve things with his family, especially his sister, and to some degree his father. But what happens then, of course, and this, this, this is why people don't want to do it, this is why people, is the false self has created this whole ego virtue around, we're a good family. I'm close to my dad. Yeah, he rubs me the wrong. Yeah, he can be a little trying sometimes, but, you know, we stick together. It's the mafia thing, right? Family is everything. Right? We stick together. So the false self has created this whole thing around the virtue of the family unit. And it's not just been created by because the false self is just sitting there knitting and creating this stuff. It's because this is part of the general propaganda that's put out by, by those in power, right? If you can be loyal to the family as an abstract unit, then, of course transferring that loyalty to the state, which is an abstract unit, then, like, if your loyalty is based on an abstract unit, regardless of the virtue, then transferring that to the state is pretty easy, right? That's one of the reasons why uh, your parents in the state, and the priests, of course, are in the church of God, they all generally work uh, in, in secret uh, together in big cabals. They all come up with the plans. I just haven't found them yet, but I, I feel that they're out there. So this guy had this whole false self fantasy about how great his family life was and what a tough guy he was and this and that, right? So he was a pompous in, in this way. He was a nice guy in a lot of ways. But in this way, he was kind of pompous and kind of um, uh, a little bit insufferable, right? Which is probably what came across to, to women, right? And so his false self created this whole persona, right? Persona is different. It's what you project. It's, what you, uh, it's, what, it's what, not what's organic and not what's validated by your actual uh, actions, but what you say about yourself and what you project as, as your nature. It's the virtue that you pretend rather than earn, right? Because pretending virtue is a whole lot easier than actually having virtue. So his true self, of course, knew all the facts, right? So his, his, unconscious, his, uh, his unconscious knew all the facts. His unconscious knew that there was no possibility that he was at all close to his family, that his family had sold him down the river for the sake of appeasing his sister, and that he couldn't trust them at all. But in order to normalize, in order to normalize that experience, in order to say, well, it's not my family that was bad. I'm fighting reality. I'm fighting gravity. I'm fighting aging. I'm fighting the fact that I'm composed of carbon-based materials. So that's good. That would be, it would be crazy and immature to fight what is just human nature, right? So in order to protect and dilute the causality of his, the moral causality of his sister and the, the evils that she did to him, what he did was he said, well, that's just women as a whole, unconsciously, right? I mean, this is what the false self, sorry, I know I'm mixing and matching, but the, the, the false self will, will take a bad action, and in order to prevent any action on your part in dealing with it, it will generalize it, 
right? So then it's like it would be bigotry to single out your sister if all women are bullies. Right? If all women are bullies, then you, you get to save your sister because she's no longer responsible for what she did. Unfortunately, you don't have a life when it comes to dating. And you're going to spend the rest of your life in wretched relationships because if all women are bullies, then fundamentally you're going to be uh, you're going to respond to bullies, right? Because that's your fundamental belief about women. Of course, well, sorry, your fund, fund, your fund, fundamental belief is that you're completely making it up. But this is what you're going to uh, uh, end up doing: is going out with bullies, right? That's sort of the nature of the beast. That's that's the price you pay for lying to yourself and protecting uh, corrupt people. Now, the same thing, of course, occurs with his relationship with authority. So he says, "Oh, my dad was a good dad, a great dad. He's gone through a lot. He's, you know, he can be a little dull." And he would sometimes talk about how his father's conversations with him would make him crawl up the wall with boredom at times. You know, I had a little bit of ham for lunch, and and then I went for a short walk, and it was nice out. And it's just, like, "Oh, you're joking me here," but. You know, he fundamentally believed in the virtue of the family, and his father was, you know, a good guy. He was out to say, you know, a good father, and, you know, did the best he could, and so on. And the problem with that is that his father was not a good father because he was being regularly choked by his sister, right? So this is not, not a good thing. So maybe the choking, maybe the sister's rage came from the mother's rage, but the father married the mother. Maybe the sister's rage came from the father's rage that was unexpressed, which is why he couldn't control her. But there's lots of reasons as to why the father's completely responsible for all of this kind of choking stuff, right? I mean, he's, he's the father after all. Now, this uh, guy couldn't deal with any questions about his father's virtue. And so what he did was he said, well, all authority is... X, right, is whatever, whatever issues he had with his father, he just projected onto all authority. And so I found it rather tricky to manage him because he was fairly punchy when it came to uh, things around authority. And so that was uh, kind of an issue as well, right? That was sort of a problem uh, too. So, of course, the reason that he didn't do what he needed to do, right, so the reason he didn't live up to even his false self medals of being uh, tough and blunt and this and that, is because he knew the truth about his family, and he wouldn't do it. And he wouldn't even make the connection, right? So if I said to him, look, if you want a relationship, you got to clean up your, your family stuff. And if you don't, that's fine. You don't have to do it. But continuing to complain about not having a relationship is sort of pointless, right? So, you know, with all due respect, I, for one, don't want to hear more about this fam about your woes about not having a relationship or, you know, how difficult women are, because it's just a kind of bigotry. And I try not to get involved in that kind of stuff. So, uh, because it's sort of pointless, and I'm just sort of feeding your false self here, right? So, so uh, I, you know, we ended up not talking about that kind of stuff. And, of course, our relationship over time has, has drifted into nothing because I just got a little bit tired of hearing all of these constant refrains about how tough and, and all this he was, and then whenever I, and how he wanted a relationship, and now it's been, I think, six years or seven years since he's had a relationship, and uh, he just won't do, he won't do the basics, right? So the question is, why? Why, oh why, oh why, will people not do, and then, now this guy didn't, he would say, yes, it's important to be honest, and I, I appreciate being blunt, and so on. So he would talk about that. Now, he wouldn't do it with his own family, and that was sort of significant. But there are other people who will say, yeah, I guess I should talk about this with my family and still don't do it. And so the question is why, and I do have a sort of theory about it, as you can well imagine, I'm sure, which uh, we can talk about this afternoon. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, looking forward to some donations. Looking forward to people signing up for FeedBurner.com at FreeDomainRadio.com. 
And if you could fill out the listener survey, that would be uh, beyond beautiful. If you don't have any cash, if you could at least fill out the listener survey, I would really appreciate that. Thank you so much.